Hi, I'm Vanessa Lewis and this is Sharon Chisholm and you're listening to the Mental as Anything podcast. Hello Sharon. Hello Vanessa. Here we are again. Here we are again. This time we thought we'd tackle stress. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You know, stress um, is probably something close to my heart at the moment because I've just uh, started a new role with Uniting doing um, foster care recruitment and support and development. And it's been a bit of a rude awakening. (laughs) Let's just say that. To say the least. To say the least. And what I have noticed is that with all of my skills in the mental health area and in parenting and so forth, um, I've really noticed that they've all gone out the window when you're faced with chaos. (laughs) Welcome to the real world. (laughs) Yes, it's a bit like that. So if you're faced with chaos, even, you know, in your professional or in your personal life, um, often it can sneak up on you. So, and it creates a lot of havoc in all areas of your life. Yeah. I mean, the, the it is an American Center of Disease Control. It says something like 84% of illnesses are stress-related. Wow, that's insane. So that's a big umbrella. The, the word stress is a big umbrella. Yeah. But essentially, it's the negative emotion that creeps up. And if it's sustained because it keeps you in that fight-and-flight mo- um, mode in your body... It creates problems because you're no longer um, really your sympathetic, your your nervous system is switched over yeah. into the fight, flight, and freeze mode. Yeah, you're in hypervigilance totally, all the time. All the time. Which is exhausting. It is exhausting. And it means that the normal uh, systems in your body that look after your hormones, your digestive system, your, all of that, building your blood... Um, you know, your white count cell, all of that sort of stuff. Serotonin levels. Serotonin levels, everything is put on the back burner. Yeah. So sustained stress over time is why disease, you know, causes a problem. Because your body can't function as it should should and ought to. So, what are the signs? Oh, goodness, there are, there are so many signs. I mean, I guess the obvious ones are... Um, not sleeping properly, yeah. which of course has a snowball effect. Yes. Because if you're not sleeping properly, you can't think clearly. You get more stressed. Absolutely. It's yep. this, you know, vicious circle. Um, mood swings. Yes. You know, it can be frustration, crying for what seems like no reason whatsoever. I could cry. Anger. I can cry over an ad. Oh, me too. Yeah, when I'm stressed. Yeah. It doesn't yep. take much. No. <laughs> Anger, you know, suddenly bursting out into... For for something that ordinarily would not have upset you at all. Yes. um, Relationship problems. Yes. Because suddenly whatever your partner does that might be quirky, you know, last week when you weren't stressed, is now annoying the heck out of you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think you also become a lot more sensitive to things. Yes. Um, You take things personally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, When I'm stressed or anxious, I notice I get really sensitive to noise Mm. and then become angry about things like hearing people eating. Oh. (laughs) Oh. 
that packet of chips that's <sighs> opening up. Oh, I could strangle you for doing that. I know, that. I know. How <laughs> dare you make noise? Um, you know, it, it can affect your wanting to go out of the house. Mm. It can affect your libido. Mm. It can affect your ability to concentrate or think clearly. Clearly. Think yes. words. You can feel kind of foggy in yep. the brain. And yep. um, I'm sure you can think of, of others Symptoms. Well, that's a classic one. I mean, I was telling you, you know, this week, speaking to a senior manager and feeling like the world was sitting on my shoulders, my brain took a, you know, a hike. I couldn't <laughs> get the words holiday. out. You know, all of this articulation I was going to, you know, put towards the problems and solutions. Blah, yeah. You know, it felt like I was talking through mud. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And so what I also noticed and what I, you know, was always really clear about, um, especially educating my children, is that often it shows up in the body. Yeah. So whenever my kids got sick, I'd be saying to them, okay, so what's happened to you in that week beforehand? Was there a level where you got resentful or stressed about something that was happening? Yeah. And they, invariably they'd say, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so... During this last couple of weeks, I've had this cracker of a headache for about a week. And so I really noticed the level of tension that was in my shoulders. Yeah. And how much I was trying to stretch my neck out and twist my head around in order to try and relieve that tension. That's <laughs> <laughs> Vanessa's cat is attacking my leg and it's, it's got quite sharp claws. It's stressing. <laughs> it's just trying to peel it off my skin. Stressing you out. It was stressing me out, yes. <laughs> so essentially, um, you know, you've got to notice it in your body. Yeah. And a lot of stomach acid problems, indigestion problems, often have the root cause in a level of stress. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and, um, other physical symptoms, you know, anxiety or shaking or, um, you know, just thinking about when you've gone through a really stressful period, maybe a busy few weeks at work before you go on holiday mm. and then you go on holiday and all of a sudden you get sick, you get sick. Yes. You know, we, we just went recently to England and, and um, of course there's all and the that's preparation. The, that's the classic sign. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I got there and all of a sudden I had the worst cold. Um, because all of it, because I'd you know been packed and went away and and um, had the flight and everything that I'd been a bit concerned about, and there I am relaxing and all of a sudden susceptible to a cold, um, coughing, all all of the normal things and this is very very common and it's the, it can be the same when people retire, you know they've they've had jobs for for many many years and all of a sudden they stop working. And then they develop illnesses, uh, chronic illnesses sometimes, because they, they've suddenly kind of yeah, got rid of that stress. Absolutely. They've lived at this level of stress for most of their life. And this is what happens why we get sick for most of their lives. And then suddenly you get to this point where you don't need that level of stress and yeah. the illness kicks in. Yeah, your body doesn't know what to do. No. Well, it catches up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been chasing you down. It's absolutely catching up. And in fact, there are um, level. There is uh, some research that isn't wildly accepted, but it's certainly something that I've looked into in terms of why that happens. Mm -hmm. And it, it seems that the body 
the illness is a protective mechanism. It's like, all right, let's, it's try, your body's trying to say, okay, we're out of this fight flight. I'm no longer being attacked, but I've got to build up my strength. So it will create a problem for the body to then have to build its immune system up yeah. to try and make sure that the next time it happened, it, you don't get that sick, yeah. that same level of, of problem within the body. But who knows? At the end of the day, looking for the signs, how well you're able to be calm, <laughs> yeah. how well you are able to ride, you know, the ups and downs of what happens at work or at home or in your relationship. Looking for those signs that your resilience is really shortened. Yeah. Uh, your capacity to deal with situations has gone out the window. Yeah. And, you know, what can you do about it? So a lot of people go to the doctor and, you know, I'm, I'm not blaming doctors here. They try and find solutions. They go to the doctor and say, I'm feeling stressed and oh, this has happened or that happened. And the doctor will go, well, here's, you know, a pill, a beta blocker for your anxiety or yeah. an antidepressant for this and that. And I don't have a problem for that if it's short term. But if yeah. it's not long term, if you don't have good stress coping strategies, then you end up on this cycle of... Yeah of having to need medication over and over again. It's not an answer. And um, unfortunately, you know, a doctor is human like anyone else and they want to take your pain away. Yeah. And who doesn't want to take our pain away? I mean, yeah, you know, it's... it's. But the reality is we've turned into a society that is a lot less resilient than what we were in the wartime. Yeah. Because in those war times, there was no medication to hand out. So we learn to cope with each other um, and learn to cope with situations, you know, probably way more um, inventive than we are doing it now. Oh, because because we can go online and order something. Yes. You know, we don't have to wait for it. We don't have to, uh, you know, we, um, we Google it and there it is the next day, yes. you know, delivered by courier. But I think a big problem with stress is that we disconnect ourselves. Yes. The more stressed we get, the more we stop talking to people. Yeah. And more ways we look to medicate ourselves. Yeah. Whether that's, you know, through alcohol, drugs, sex, food, work, yeah. food. Yeah. And in the olden days where olden days, you know, years ago <laughs> we lived in communities where people interacted. Yeah. And a lot less stressful too. Yeah. Because we worked as a team. But these days it's much more competitive and a lot less about working with each other. Yeah, and we, we're disconnected geographically mm. from families, mm. you know, and we're, we're all, it, the digital world certainly doesn't help. We forget how to just be. Yes. And even, you think about even with um, mothers that had postnatal depression, a lot of that had to do with, okay, well, here's something to help you, but we also want you to go and find a network. Yeah. You know, go and sit down, have a cup of coffee with your friend. Do it weekly, go and talk to people because you end up disconnecting yourself in those moments yeah. where you don't feel like you can cope. And it's the opposite of what you need to do. You need to build your resources, find people to connect with, find someone that can listen to you but doesn't judge you. Yeah. Um, and do that in whatever way you can. Uh, that is going to help you enormously. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we also disconnect with ourselves because it's too painful to stay. Yes within our physical self yes now there is some simple ways some other simple ways and one of the ways i teach um people that have anxiety and don't know how to deal with it 
is I, I teach them a, a simple breathing technique which actually switches on the vagus nerve. Now the vagus nerve is separate from the sympathetic and the parasympathetic nervous system which runs the body and runs the fight flight. It actually is a nerve that runs all the way through the stomach, through the heart um, and up. And, and the, the purpose of this is to help switch off the stress switch. Mm-hmm. So the breathing helps, and a lot of people that understand or do yoga um, regularly understand how relaxing that yogic breath can be. Mm-hmm. Now, what it requires is that you simply breathe in for a shorter period than you breathe out. So I tell people, breathe in for the count of three and then breathe out for the count of six. And you're just focusing on that in for three out for six and the more that you can do that initially if you're having anxiety you might do that quite quickly but the more that you do it the more capable you are to also leave a gap on the in and out Mm -hmm. so breathe in for three breathe out for six yeah breathe in for three and the more that you can lengthen that the better it is because you're actually teaching your body that no no it's okay we're not running here yeah you know we're switching we don't need to speed the heart rate up yep. to get the blood around the body <laughs> no lion yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's no lion coming so we're switching that internal switch off to help the body understand we're not under attack and we can start and so you can do that anywhere yeah and often you know you can do that on the loo you can do it while you're at the the desk waiting for that meeting to happen you can do it before, in the meeting in the meeting yeah you know you can do it wherever you are to start training your body to understand you're not under attack yeah i mean you know nobody's going to know that you're doing it no unless you're counting you know in for three and out for six <laughs> so i when i do my pelvic floor exercises and i kind of have this grimace on my face but uh, yeah something you can do anywhere anytime any place yeah Yes. So, you know, they're good things to do. And initially what you want to do is really do that, um, what we call mindfully. So put all of your attention into the breath, even to the point where you can feel the breath hit your nostrils. Mm -hmm. You can feel almost the hair in your nostrils move a little bit. You can feel that. You're not doing it with your mouth. That's really important. Yeah. So the reason why you're doing it through the nose is that inside of your nasal cavity and all the way down are little filaments that actually filter out all the crap that's in the air. Mm -hmm. When you do it with your mouth, you're bypassing that filter. Yeah. So you're putting more overload on your system. So use the nose for what it's there for, which is to breathe. Yeah. Unless, of course, you have a cold, in which case you'd suffocate. Yes. (laughs) But, yeah, so for me... Um, that's helped me enormously when I've had anxiety, really focusing on that breath and focusing on it very mindfully. Mm-hmm. So meditation and mindfulness, you know, often people think they go hand in hand, but meditation can mean such a broad thing. Yeah. You know, it can be a guided thing that takes you off to a beach or it can be whatever. Mindfulness is about putting your attention into the what you're doing at the moment yeah absolutely and and you know i certainly find as i'm sure many people listening will that when they think about mindfulness and they think well you know when i'm sitting there or laying there trying to be mindful all of a sudden my brain's wandered off in Mm. five different directions i'm thinking about the groceries i've got to buy or you know 
um, what I've got to do tomorrow. And that's fine, as long as we don't allow our brains to be carried off in that direction forever. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, about, okay, I've just thought about the groceries, I've recognised that I'm thinking about that, I can let that go now. Yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, it does get better with time. You become more and more able to, mm. to recognise when your brain starts heading off on a tangent. Yeah. Um, I often tell people that when you first start mindfulness, it's like going to the gym for the first time. You're not fit. Yeah. It takes a lot of effort. Yeah. It hurts a bit. There's resistance. Yeah. That's what's going to happen in the mind. And essentially, we want to put our mind on a fitness program yeah and the fitness the ultimate goal is to be able to recognize my thoughts are taking me into a direction that's not helping me that mm-hmm. I'm getting stressed and and most of the time the stress in our life can be exacerbated by the way that we're thinking about it yeah and even sometimes if we are stressed and we think right, okay I'll do some mindfulness if, if you find your mind wandering, it's, what, why can't I stop thinking about things? <laughs> Get oh, I'm useless stressed. at this. <laughs> you know, there's no point. I'm just going to keep thinking about things. And then, you, you know, it, it just kind of goes on an even more negative There's path. the resistance, yeah. right? So it is a practice and one that you need to do every single day. You know, and you can do it when you're brushing the teeth because you can put all of your attention into the quality of your finger. You're holding the toothbrush into the smell of the toothpaste, into the feel of it on your teeth, into the, you know, absolute minute detail of what you're doing. Yeah. You don't have to be thinking about nothing. No, it's in fact putting all of your attention into the current moment. Yeah. And what you'll find is when you start practicing this is that your mind quietens Mm. the thoughts might pop in but as you said just notice they're there and let them go it's about creating space yeah and building the muscle of the mind to start resisting that overthinking that we often do day in day out yeah we're creating our own you know we we say about how our kids are so overstimulated at the moment Mm. and and when they have half an hour if the internet's down they're complaining about being bored, you know, (laughs) I'm so bored. Um, But we do that to ourselves with these constant thinking about what I did yesterday, thinking about what I've got to do tomorrow. Never giving yourself a quiet space to actually give yourself and your body a breather from all of that stress that's been building up. Yeah, yeah, and I think we become so used to not being present in the moment you know when I was on holiday in England and I I was spending time with people that I'd not seen in in many years and there were a couple of times after I'd seen them that I thought wow you know I was present for every single Mm. second of that Mm. you know I wasn't thinking about being anywhere else about doing anything else about what I have to do tomorrow I was absolutely present and enjoying my time and it made me realise how little I do that in yes. my normal everyday life. Yes. You know, when I'm spending time with my kids or, um, you know, I'm always off thinking about doing something else. And you never have the opportunity to stop and take a breath and enjoy the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So being able to train yourself to be doing that regularly, to be able to go for a walk and instead of going for a walk and just 
continually worrying the whole way, but to really bring all of your attention into what's going on, what is in the sky, the quality of wind on your face, the feel of the pavement under the ground, or if you're jogging or if you're swimming, the same thing. Yeah. Putting all of your attention into physically what you're experiencing. Yeah. And what your body is doing to experience that as well. You're quieting the mind, stopping the inner chatter, yeah. right? <laughs> giving yourself a break. Yeah. Giving your mind a break. Giving your mind a break. Which, you know, is, is what creates that whole stressful scenario. You start to realise how useless that mind <laughs> chatter is. It doesn't want to be useless. It no, thinks it's getting it, us somewhere. <laughs> exactly. It's actually trying. But the more stressed you are, the less coherent that you think. Yeah. Because essentially, when you are stressed and you've switched over into that stress, fight, flight, freeze kind of mode, you, your capacity to think logically diminishes significantly yeah. the, the greater stressed you are. Yeah. You stop being able to think clearly. Yeah, it's like trying to do something sensible when you're drunk. Yes, <laughs> pretty impossible, right? So, you know, mindfulness is going to help you do that. Breathing, that breathing technique, if you put all of your attention onto the breath, you are doing a mindful thing. Yeah, yeah. So you don't necessarily have to sit for an hour a day chanting om <laughs> to get the benefits yeah. of mindfulness. You can do it in little moments. Yeah. Mindfully drive to school. Yeah. Mindfully pick the kids up and enjoy that hug. Yeah. You know. Stretch stretch your body when you first wake up in the morning, taking notice of, yes. you know, where am I feeling tension or pain or, you know, is anything feeling uncomfortable right now? Yes. Yes. Mindfully put all of your attention into your gym workout. Yeah. Right? Whatever you're doing that feels... Um, you know, normally you would just let your mind wander. Train yourself to reel it in because often, especially when you're distressed, it will take you to places you don't need to go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what else can we be doing? Well, in terms of being, um, you know, combating your stress, one of the things that I think a lot of people don't understand is that stress can often be self-induced mm -hmm. and largely because you end up feeling like someone's the system is working against you yeah you know like a, a boss when you have a really difficult boss in your life and we've all had those bosses mm. it feels like oh my god how do i you know stop this person from affecting my life so much and we feel helpless and powerless and yeah. and stress exacerbates that yeah so the more able that you are to train your mind and and do that breathing technique and switch off that stress nerve often you can sit there and go well what could i do differently yeah you know because the first step of combating that stress is doing something that is empowering for yourself yeah so you don't feel as helpless yes yeah yes so for me, you know, that is looking at the situation and sometimes I actually like to step out of it, you know. So in constellation world, what you can do on a piece of paper is put yourself in the middle of the piece of paper like drawing a circle and then put all the other players and where they would be 
if I brought them in energetically, would they be next to me, in front of me, turned away, looking at me? Mm. And by doing this, often what I can do is go and step into each of those positions and find out what's going on for that person. Yeah. And what is it they need from me? And what's their fear? And what do I fear? And what's my need here? Yeah. You get that clarity. Often you can then say, oh, well, okay, if they're fearing this, so if my boss is feeling like they're all looking at her and and she's doing X, Y, and Z and she's putting the pressure on me because she's feeling the stress, you know, how do I, and I'm feeling unsafe here. She's making me feel unsafe. Mm -hmm. How do I convey this and say, how do we work together more effectively? Because I can see it's not working for you and it's not working for me. So it might give you the opportunity to look at how do I do things differently or how do I word it? Yeah. So I think they will be able to hear what's going on. Yeah, and I think I think also stress is often caused by um, having an expectation of something mm. that then doesn't occur. Yeah. You know, it could be, well, we want to have a baby, so we'll be trying for a baby, and it doesn't happen for six months. Yes. And yet everyone's going, when are you having a baby? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and everyone around you seems to be having babies. Yes, Or, yes. you know, e- expecting a relationship to go a certain way, or your business to go a certain way. And it doesn't. And it doesn't. And it's good to have expectations, mm. and it's it's good to have goals and things to work towards. But I think often we, we are unrealistic about those expectations. Or when it doesn't happen we feel the failure yeah so that's about you know if we get into that fear of failure sometimes even it's fear of success but if we get into in touch with that and we actually get the support and resources we need around it to make sure that we're getting a reality check yeah so that might be you know talking to a coach wonderful coaches around i happen to know i i know of a couple that are (laughs) rather brilliant (laughs) (laughs) or we can um just even have an honest conversation with others around us yeah you know be discerning we've always got that person who's got a little bit of wisdom yeah you know find that person and have a chat and say i want to bounce something off you you know just so that you can transform what's into your brain into words yeah and in that process of letting it out what i call psychological airing space yeah you make sense of it yeah and by making sense of it you can then formulate an action an action plan now if you don't have anyone around you use a journal yeah Uh, yeah absolutely it's the same process you're getting it out of the mind and into a into a physical form, and by doing that, you often make sense of what it is. You can read over it and go, "Oh, ooh. You realise the way that you've been thinking and how it's not helping you, and then you can decide how. What will I do differently? Yeah, or even view it as a third party. You know, mm. when you've written it down, okay, if this were a friend of mine, mm. and they were saying that they were experiencing this or feeling that, and this was the scenario, how would I advise them? Yeah. What would I suggest they do? Yes. How could I help them or how yes. could they help themselves? Yes. And there's good evidence around that. Yeah. Because often, even when you say it out loud, have a chat to yourself. Yeah. And you say it out loud and you might, you know, I might say, Vanessa, you're having a really hard time at the moment. Give yourself a bit of a break. You know, it's been a very really big learning, steep learning curve. So give yourself more than a week to get on top yeah. of this job, right? <laughs> so just by speaking to myself in the third person, you're actually showing compassion to yourself. Yeah. 
And there's been a bit of science around that, a bit of research that shows we're much likelier to listen to ourselves when we speak to ourselves in the third person. Yeah, maybe not in the supermarket. (laughs) (laughs) Or actually walking down the street. Could get a few odd looks. Uh, But but yeah, no, I I think that's a a great way of doing it. As you say, just verbalising it. When you hear it... It gives you a different sense of understanding, I think. Yeah. Um, All right. So what we're really saying, just to wrap it up, to be mindful and that breathing process really helps switch you out of that fight, flight, stress mode. Mm -hmm. Be mindful in the things that you do to give your your brain a little bit of a break during the day and to start training it to calm down. (laughs) Right? That That just sounds freaky. (laughs) (laughs) To find a person to have a chat with or to get a coach. Coaches really help you, you know, move forward from a place of being stuck into a place of action. Um, To also, if you can't find that person, to journal. Yeah. Yeah. And what was that last thing we just spoke about? There was one more in there because we're brilliant. Oh, the one I really liked that you mentioned was about check your expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Or find a therapist, you know, if you can't find friends or colleagues or, or, you know, if you're talking to yourself and you're not giving yourself any sensible answers, which happens to me quite often, you know, find a professional that you can talk to. Yes, to get that psychological airing space. Yeah. And the reality check. Yeah. Yep. And then other little things, hobbies, exercise. Exercise, yoga. Yeah, spending time with people. I mean, these are not all fix-all answers. It's a holistic. It's a holistic. Sometimes if you're in a position that you are, is really stressful, you know, someone's dying or it's a job that's really tough, but you've got to do it. You can't quit. All of that sort of stuff. It's the resources that you put around you that will get you through that. Yeah. It's your toolkit. It's your toolkit. Yeah. It's awesome. It is. All right. Thanks very much for having us again. And we will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.